I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you're here today because we get to hear once again about the peace that the risen Lord gives us. The forgiveness that He gives us. The love that He has for us. And not just me. Not just the people sitting around you. But you. And, and because the risen Lord is alive, we can trust all His promises to us. And those promises bring us peace. And that's really something that I had to, to remind myself this week. Uh, a week ago today, we were at, out at Santa Rita Ranch. We, we were out in outdoor Easter service. We celebrated how Jesus rose from the dead. And I can't speak for you, but I thought it was a pretty amazing Sunday. For a couple reasons. One, it's a beautiful location. It's, it's beautiful out there. It's beautiful to be out there in the morning celebrating Jesus rising from the dead. Uh, we had 138 people there, 77 guests. Uh, that is something to be joyful about. But the most joyful thing was the fact that we celebrated Jesus rising, right? The grave has been conquered. No longer is our end the grave. Instead, we are going to live forever with Jesus. And that's what we got to hear last week. And that's what we got to be joyful about. And we were able to have peace over. And yet, I have to admit, this week I didn't live in that peace and joy. This week, Satan really was working on my heart. Though all that peace and joy is true every day of our life, this week uh, I gave in to fear, anxiety, worries of life. Uh, I normally start my, my sermon study on Monday, but because of Holy Week and, and Easter weekend, I took Monday off, so I started on Tuesday. And so I was anxious and worried about that. I'm getting a late start, and I, I needed to hurry up and get it done. So I was anxious about that, stressed out. Uh, and then I let my mind wander. And I thought to myself, what if the church doesn't work? What if this doesn't happen? What if something with, with the school, there, there's a snag that we don't see coming, and that doesn't happen. And then I let my insecurities get the best of myself. I started thinking, well, what if I'm not the right guy for this position? What if my strengths, my abilities, the talents that God has blessed me with, what if they're not right for, for being the pastor here? Yes, we got it started, but maybe, what if, what if in order to go further, to keep going, somebody else needs to come in? Because I don't have the gifts and the talents that are necessary to keep going. And I let fear lock up my heart. I'm not telling you this because after the service I want you to go out and, and tell me how great of a pastor I am. I'm not telling you that. I'm not wanting pity. I'm, I'm telling you it because it's so easy on this journey of life to let fear derail us. To let doubts set up roadblocks so that we don't keep going forward. It's so easy to let anxiety and worries of life lock our hearts up and we live in fear and we live in doubt. It's easy for each and every one of us to do. And it's easy even for Jesus' disciples to do. The night of Easter, the night of Easter, Sunday night, Jesus' disciples are in a locked room. 
for fear. You want to talk about a journey. Think of the journey that these men had been on. Three years before Easter weekend, Jesus appeared to them. He, he walked up and he said, follow me. These are grown men. And what did they do? They left their steady jobs. They left their families for weeks at a time to follow Jesus. Why? Because they believed He was the Messiah. They believed He was the King of Israel, the one who was going to restore the kingdom to the Jewish people. And so they're following for what? Hopes and dreams. Following in hopes that Jesus is that person. That their job security is going to be even greater than what they had. That there be more success. That there be more power. This is what they were hoping for as they followed Jesus. But then Jesus died. And though they should have saw it coming, they didn't. Because they weren't listening and believing what Jesus was saying. And so now here they sit, Easter evening. Jesus had died on Friday. Easter morning, there's reports that He rose from the dead. They're not sure if He rose from the dead or not. But all they know is that the body's not in the tomb because Peter and John went to go see the tomb and the body's gone. And so here they are Easter evening, scared. And this is where we pick up in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Were the the, the disciples' fears legitimate? They're in a locked room for, for fear of the Jewish leaders. Absolutely. They're living at a time period that you and I just can't understand. Uh, People in the Middle East, they can understand, but we can't. This was a time period when when they walk out that front door, they need to look over their shoulder because somebody might kill them for following Jesus. They killed Jesus, they brutally murdered their leader, and now there's reports that the body is gone. Are the Jewish leaders going to think that the disciples stole the body? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would they kill the disciples over it? Absolutely. Would they kill the disciples just because they're Jesus followers? Absolutely. Their fears are absolutely legitimate. And so they're locked in this room, scared. The thing is, do you remember what Jesus said to the women when He rose from the dead, when He appeared to the women at the tomb? Do you remember what He told uh, them to go tell His disciples? Tell them to go to Galilee. There I will meet them. Where do the disciples stay? In Jerusalem. In a locked room. Because they're terrified. And what does Jesus do? He meets them where they're at. He meets them where they're at and He appears in this room. He doesn't walk through the front door. He just shows up. Because that's what the risen Lord can do. He shows up and what's the first thing He says? Peace be with you. This is the, these are the very first words that Jesus says to His disciples since the Garden of Eden. 
Our Garden of Eden. Oh my goodness. Since the Garden of Gethsemane. Since the Garden of Gethsemane. These are the first words that Jesus says. And notice, Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't ask why their little faith. He doesn't ask to say, I told you so. He shows up and he says, peace be with you. Jesus has one goal in mind, and that is to drive out fear and doubt from their hearts. And that's exactly what he does, right? Look at what the disciples uh, do. Their disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. The risen Lord appears and drives out their fear, drives out their doubts, and replaces it with joy. The only problem? One disciple isn't there. And so here's what happens. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Not too long ago, uh, we had a connect group and we looked at this section of scripture. My father-in-law pointed something out to me that I never considered before. But that last line, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus had you in mind when he said those words. You have not seen and yet you believe. And blessed are you. Imagine being one of those disciples. One of those ten. You had just seen the risen Lord. Imagine how excited you be. you would be. Imagine how you would want to tell everybody that Jesus is alive. It's the greatest news. Today, we just call people, right? We, we get on the phone, we call all our close friends. They couldn't do that, so they had to wait for Thomas to come back. And as soon as Thomas comes through the door, all ten of them say, We have seen the Lord! And he says, I don't buy it. Unless if I see him and touch him, I'm not going to believe it. I need to see the nail marks. I need to see the the, the pierced side. I need to put my hands, my fingers, into the holes of his hand and into the side where where he was pierced. Then I will believe. Makes sense for Thomas, right? Whether or not it was correct or not, Thomas felt like Jesus burned him. I left everything for you. I've given up my life for you, Jesus, and now you died. I've been burned one too many times. I'm not, I'm not believing it without proof. And thankfully, the risen Lord doesn't make him wait long. He makes him wait a little bit, makes him wait a week to wrestle with his doubt, to wrestle with the news. But the following Sunday, Jesus appears again. And notice right away what he says. Peace be with you. He doesn't rebuke Thomas for his doubt. He doesn't say, Thomas, why didn't you believe? He says, peace be with you. But what had to make Thomas a little uh, nervous, maybe, is the fact that Jesus doesn't ask him, what do you want from me, Thomas? 
Jesus says to him exactly what he said to the disciples a week ago. So Jesus heard the conversation without actually being there. And he says, here, Thomas, here are my hands. Look, here's my side. Touch the holes. Put your hand in my side. Just like you said last week. Do it. And Thomas gives out this great confession. My Lord and my God. Locked in a room of fear and doubt. And Jesus, the risen Lord, comes and he drives out that fear and doubt and he brings peace and joy to the disciples. Our journey is no different than these guys, right? The life's journey is filled with all kinds of fear and doubt. And that's your first point this morning. The journey of life contains detours of fear and doubt. All of us have had our hearts locked up with fear and fear's cousins, worry and anxiety. And for the disciples, it was a, a, a big monumental event that happened, right? That caused their fear. Jesus died. They could die next. That's a monumental event. And we have some of those too. The, the unexpected, unplanned, we didn't see it coming, monumental events that happen. We don't plan to have health problems. They just spring up. We don't plan to lose a job. It just happens. We don't plan for one morning to wake up and our spouse say they don't love us anymore. We need to get divorced. We don't plan for those things. But they happen. And it's scary. Because now what? We don't plan for one day for one of our kids to tell us that they don't believe in Jesus anymore. Those big monumental events bring fear to our hearts. But they don't have to be a monumental event, right? Maybe you just struggle with fear and worry. Maybe you're scared and what what causes your uh, heart to fear is being judged by others. Judged as a parent. Judged as an employer or employee. Maybe it's hard for you to go to a a, a church because you're afraid of being judged by Christians. Maybe you're afraid of being judged by non-Christians. What if I live my Christian faith? What if I don't do what other people do? Are they going to judge me? Maybe you fear what God thinks of you. Have I been to church enough? Do I read my Bible enough? Do I pray enough? And we lock our hearts up with fear. And we live in that fear. Maybe your fear is more along the lines of mine. You're afraid of being a failure. Failing as a parent. Failing as a a business owner. Failing and not succeeding. And and that grips your heart. We all have fears. And fears can lead to doubts. Maybe you're afraid that you follow Jesus for no reason. Maybe you're afraid, kind of like, like Thomas. I, I've, I've given up my life to follow you, Jesus, is it, and is it really worth it? I'm not sure. Life's journey is filled with different things, different roadblocks, different detours, different aspects of it that cause our hearts to be locked up with fear and with doubt. And so we pull over at times, don't we? And we stay there. And we don't want to leave fear and doubt. We will love the idea of living without fear and doubt and, and fear, worry, anxiety. 
but we don't think it's really possible. And, and so we stay in our locked room, just like the disciples, not wanting to move forward. Why is that? Well, here's your next point. Many people believe in Jesus, but don't believe Jesus. Many people believe in Jesus, but don't believe Jesus. This is what the disciples' problem, right? Should they have been doubting that anything about Jesus? Should they have doubted that He rose from the dead? No, He told them it was going to happen. Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to be handed over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. And here they are doubting that the resurrection even happened. And that was really my problem this week too, right? I believed in Jesus. I believed that He died for me. I believed that He rose again. I believe that He exists. But I don't believe Him when He says that the risen Lord is with me. That the risen Lord has all control. That the risen Lord is working all things for my good. I didn't believe that. I didn't believe His promises. And that's where a lot of us are at at a lot of times in our life. We believe in Jesus, but we have a hard time believing Jesus. And I'd like to tell you that in order to get rid of your fear and your doubt, what you have to do is believe more. You have to have more faith. That's what I want to tell you. But that's really not the case. Because then it's all on you, right? And we try at times. We try. We, we pray, Lord, I want to believe more. I want to believe more. And we try. I'm going to believe today. I'm going to believe today. And yet we give in and we give in and we give in and we have our doubts. Faith does not always drive out fear. Instead, the risen Lord does. The risen Lord reroutes us on life's journey. When we have sidetracked, when we have detoured into fear, when we have detoured into doubt, what drives out fear? The risen Lord, who comes to us and He says, peace be with you. It's the risen Lord who comes and drives away all fears, drives away all doubts. And we know that the risen Lord can because He's kept His greatest promise. From a human's perspective, what's the, what's the hardest promise for Jesus to keep? Rising from the dead, right? Who can do anything when they're dead? Nobody can keep a promise when, when they're in the grave. But Jesus can. And Jesus did. And now the risen Lord comes to you and He says, Peace be with you. I know that health problems are scary. Because lingering behind health problems is death. But peace be with you. I've conquered it. I've conquered the grave. I've risen from the dead and my promise to you is that when you die, I will rise you back to life. I will raise you to life so that you can live with me forever in heaven. That's your final destination. Not the grave, but home with me in heaven. That's my promise to you. Peace be with you. He comes to us and and He says, Peace be with you. I know that the journey is long and I know that there are so many unexpected things that are going to happen. I know the roadblocks. I know the detours. I know everything that's coming. And I also know that you don't know what's coming. But peace be with you. I am the risen Lord and I'm going with you. No matter what comes, no matter where life's journey takes you, I am with you. 
peace be with you. He comes to us and He says, peace be with you. Yes, failure is embarrassing. Failure is no fun. But peace be with you. In God's eyes, you're not a failure. In God's eyes, your identity doesn't come from success or from failure. It comes from what I've done for you and I've made you a winner in God's eyes because I've paid for your sins. I've removed your shame. I've removed your guilt. I paid for it all on the cross and I rose from the dead to conquer it all. You are holy and dearly loved by God because of me. So let your heart be at peace. This is what the risen Lord does. The risen Lord comes to our hearts and He reroutes it. He unlocks that lock and He says, Peace be with you. Let your heart be calm. I am the risen Lord and I keep my promises. It's the risen Lord who comes and drives out fear and drives out doubt, just like He did to the disciples. And when He does, He replaces it with joy and peace. There's one more problem that we have to address. Because I'm willing to guess, if I, if I polled all of you and, and asked how many of you have seen the risen Lord, all of you would have your hands down. Mine too. Jesus doesn't appear to us like He did to the disciples. But, Jesus does appear to us through His Word. And so on life's journey... The Word is our guide. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. In the journey of life, the Word of God is our guide. Why? It's because in the Word of God, Jesus appears to us. In the Word of God, we hear His promises again and again. In the Word of God, we hear how He appeared to people long ago like Thomas and the disciples and brought them peace. It is the risen Lord who appears through the Word of God that drives out our fears, that drives out our doubts and replaces it with joy and with peace. This is the risen Lord that we hear about through the Word of God and so we let the Word of God be our guide because these are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in His name. And may that peace that, that dwells in our heart, that Jesus brings to our heart, that is above all of us, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus this week and always. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise You and we thank You for rising from the dead. We thank You that You don't leave us in our locked rooms with fear and doubt, but that You come to us in Your Word. And You drive away doubts. You drive away fears. And You replace it with joy and with Your promises that bring peace. We thank You for all of it. We ask that You send Your Holy Spirit into our hearts to strengthen our faith in You, uh, that we may trust Your promises, lean on Your promises, uh, and be strengthened by Your promises because they drive out fear and doubt. We ask you to be with us today and always as we grow in those promises and we grow in your peace every single day. In your name we pray. Amen.